On today's Question of Faith, do I need spiritual direction, pastoral counseling, or pastoral care? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the Young Adult Ministry Director here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And we're talking a little bit today about... Well, you know, I get a lot of calls for people who are seeking spiritual direction. It's one of the things that we try to do here is find people spiritual directors. And a lot of times I find that people aren't really sure. They're either just told, you know, you should get a spiritual director just off of the cuff, which is not a bad idea. Right. We're not discouraging that. And you are a certified or I trained am, spiritual director. Yeah, Where did you get your training? Uh, it, through the Jesuit Collaborative, um, which was a sort of a collaborative of a bunch of different Jesuit institutions cool. in New York. Okay. Um, I, think in Bo- I think it's East Coast. I think Boston, okay. Maryland. I think it's that whole. So I know John Carroll locally has Correct. some of the training there, too. They do, yeah. And, um, and yeah, it was, I'm trying to remember how long. I think it was 18 months. So it was only like pretty close to two years um, of training. Uh, for for direction and then uh, and it was fun. I actually went through it with a bunch of guys at uh, at Canisius High School, mm. and the person was the VP of Mission at Canisius High School who taught it. The the Jesuit who taught us, um, so it was a lot of fun. And I'm That's still cool. close with those guys. Um, well, as you know, I teach philosophy, and yeah. so one of the things I tell my guys is that uh, philosophy is the art of making helpful distinctions. Indeed. And so I think here it would be helpful to make some distinctions. So. You mentioned three different categories uh, at the beginning of the show in the question, so maybe we should take a look. Like, what is spiritual direction? How is that different from pastoral counseling? How is that different from general pastoral care? Because yeah. maybe that will help us answer the question. Yeah, it's almost better to, to go through, like, what spiritual direction's not. Okay. You know, so the first thing yeah, negativa. Let's it, go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not therapy is the mm-hmm. first thing, right? It's, it's, you're, not, you're, you're not trying to remove a psychological block from somebody if you're their spiritual director. And if you're a spiritual directee, you're not going seeking uh, to have a psychological block removed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what a counselor is for, whether it's a secular mm-hmm. counselor or a pastoral counselor. We can get into that. Um, a spiritual, direct, spiritual direction is really focused on your relationship with God, and that's it. It's not focused on anything else. Okay. Um, so often people will come to spiritual direction because they want to learn a little bit more about how to pray. Um, they might have some experience already in, in praying and being active in their parish, but they want to deepen that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so they go to try to get someone to help them namely a spiritual director. I often say, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, Jose Ramirez, they all have a coach, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, And that's sort of like what a spiritual director is like. It's someone who's going to help you along the way in terms of your relationship with God. And so you often come with, you know, I, when I sit with someone for spiritual direction, I don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. They come to me with what they want to talk about in terms of their relationship with God, and then I kind of help them through that. But a spiritual director is different than a life coach. Correct, yes. So what would that distinction be? Yeah, so a life coach generally has some kind of secular certification. My friend Sarah is a life coach, so I I looked at that at one point. um, She was basically like, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of different certification organizations. She said, but I I don't know which one's the official one at this Mm -hmm. point. So So, um, like a life coach deals with someone's goals and helping them stay motivated, so it's – it's more with the 
temporal. Not, it's not even psychological. It's like, like a human. Correct. A human, like in seminary, we would have a human formation director mm-hmm. and a spiritual director. And the one was dealing more with the external forum and the day-to-day things, and the spiritual director is helping someone follow God's voice. So this Correct. leads me to this question, yeah. too. So is this is the spiritual director the director, or is the Holy Spirit the director, <laughs> and is the spiritual director helping the individual follow the lead of the Holy Spirit? Like, how does the, what's the what's the relation there? Yeah, the, how the, you talk the, about the, ter- the term director is sort of a misnomer. You know, you're, you're really more of a companion is the way I like to look at it, is mm-hmm. that someone comes to you. God does the directing. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is the one doing the directing. Um, and the spiritual director is really kind of looking for signs of the spirit in the person's life. You know, I always say, uh, you know, I'm a trained observer is what I like <laughs> is what I like to tell people, is that you start talking to me. Here's a good example. Okay. Uh, yeah. Someone would come to me and they would say, um, they would talk about something that's going on in their life that's that's actually bothersome to them. You know, they're like, well, you know, this this happened to me and they're really upset about it. And... They'll say that they're really angry with God over this over this situation. And I would say, okay. I said, you know, who? Tell me a little bit more. You know, to tell me about you know do, who else did you talk to about this? Is there someone who's helped you kind of get through this? Oh yeah, oh God, my father. You know, has really helped me um, heal from this situation. I'll say, well, maybe God's there. Mm. Nice, right? And then yeah. and they're like. Oh, <laughs> you know, God doesn't want something bad for you, you know. Right. So sometimes it's just getting someone to turn their head just a little bit and say, "No, no, over here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, God's yeah, over here, not presence. over there." Right. Um, and that, you know, and I think sometimes a lot of people come thinking that God's supposed to be somewhere, and when God's not, mm-hmm. they're disappointed by that. And so the director's job is to say, "No, no, no. Either be patient, God will show up, mm-hmm. or." Maybe maybe you're looking in the wrong place. You know, maybe God's over in this in this place, not this place. Well, I know sometimes discerners of priesthood, mm-hmm. religious life, marriage, sometimes will think that God has this secret plan and He has it all <laughs> folded up in a map somewhere, and your job is to kind of discover it. And then once you get that secret plan, then everything will unfold. And so it's trying to to find that rather than the the walking with. The living day to day, noticing God's movements, um, where you experience consolation, where you experience desolation, and then f- finding your peace in that that walk with your director. It's something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think like Ignatian spirituality would say God is in all things, mm-hmm. right? You know, and so he's he's part of every part of your life, and if he's part of every part of your life, then it, it's it's not hidden necessarily, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's it's up to you to kind of see well where where is God working in this, mm-hmm. for good or for bad. You know, there there, there are great things that are going on in your life, and God's part of that. And then there are not so great things going on in your life, but God's also part of that in some mm-hmm. way. You know, so where you know where is God? Is God the one helping you heal? Is God the one uh, who? After you went through something, you stand a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did God help you get to that place? Those kinds of things, I think. Um, so so yeah. how is that different than, like, pastoral counseling? So when I was a parish priest, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but people would come in and want, just want to talk to a priest. Yeah, right? yeah. Or talk to someone on the parish staff. Um, and oftentimes, I, I don't think I'm a very good counselor. I don't think I'm a very good listener, in fact. Mm. I think I'm a better preacher, teacher. But I know priests in the diocese who are wonderful at spiritual direction and can sit 
like for hour long periods yeah. during the day and not be exhausted. Like for th- those are not my gifts. And I know that, but there are folks who have those gifts, both religious and priests and lay folks. Yes. So um, how is, how is that different? Like a pastoral counseling situation from spiritual direction? Does it have to do with frequency or does it have to mm-hmm. do with the content? And, and then how is that different than just pastoral care? Is pastoral care situational? Or how, how do you tease out the distinctions there? I'll take the third part first. Go ahead. Uh, Good. So, I like how you think. So, so pastoral care, everyone's entitled to pastoral care. Right? Okay. That means that I'm, I'm having a problem and I need someone to talk to. And I think a really good problem, a really good person to talk to about this problem would be someone on the pastoral staff at my parish, nice. whether that's a priest or a, a lay pastoral associate or whoever it might be, someone who I trust, someone who I think I can bring this problem to, and they will listen to me and maybe mm-hmm. even offer some sound and sage advice for said problem. And then it's over. Got it. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, okay, I went. You helped. That was great. See you later. So it's situational. Yeah, very situational, okay. yeah. Um, spiritual direction is a more formal process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's actually sitting down usually once a month, sometimes, sometimes more frequently, sometimes less frequently, mm-hmm. depending on you and the director and the directee. You make that arrangement. But um, once a month is the general, I would say, the general time that you go. And um, you're actually looking to go through this process of what's my relationship with God like? Mm-hmm. And you're going to do that over a period of time. Sometimes you'll we'll talk about how you find your director and, and all that in a second. But um, you know, sometimes you do that with the with the same director for years, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you do it only for a time, and you yep. find a different director. Pastoral counseling. So counseling is counseling, right? Okay. You know, usually, usually someone with a counseling degree has an MA in, in psychology, mm-hmm. uh, at minimum, if not a PhD in psychology. Um, some social workers are allowed to do therapy, so they'll have, uh, you know, an, an MA in social work. Uh, all those people who are accredited to do counseling um, or, or licensed to do counseling in a, in a particular state, they're actually trying to remove a psychological block from someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for your psychological well-being, right? Sure. Um, and then there are certain people who will uh, do that with a spiritual bent to it, if you would. I see. Right? You know, so like a good Catholic counselor. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah we know a bunch of those folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Luke Brown here in the Dodge sure. is a great example. Yeah. Um, and so they'll, they'll actually use spiritual principles to work through psychological problems, nice. if that makes sense, right? Um, and then, and then that's, that's also sort of the therapeutic hour, right? You go and you sit in front of someone for 45 minutes, 50 minutes or mm-hmm. so, on, you know, just under an hour, and you're done. And then you come back next time, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's once a week or once a month or however long they prescribe. Now, spiritual, director, spiritual direction can also have times, too. I know at least at the seminary because we got two spiritual directors, and they're— they have to have appointments and yes. schedule things, so I think they go by the I hour. do that too, yeah. I do know other folks who go a little longer. Um, some go a little shorter. But I meet my spiritual director once a month. Same. Unless something's going on and I need to meet him more often. I've been going to the same guy for 20 years now. Oh, wow. Um, but he's excellent for me. He's very different than me, which is why he's probably excellent for me. Yeah. And, I, uh, I often say your spiritual director should be someone that you can't lie to, right? And yeah. why would you, right? Yeah. That would be really bad. 
But I always, I always look at someone who I'm either interviewing to be my spiritual director, and I would, and I would say, hmm, can I be honest with this person? Yeah, and yeah. I think it goes beyond lying. It's telling the full truth and yes. full disclosure. That's so you can really good point. not lie, but not tell everything. So it's important to talk about everything yeah. that's going on. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It, exactly. it also seems to me, and I, we talked about this before the show. We were texting about it last night. I don't think most people who think they need spiritual direction need spiritual direction. I, I do. Th- I'm actually almost done with your book, the God Googling book. And you spend a lot of time in there talking about the importance of having a mentor in your yes. life. I think that's the kind of thing that everybody needs, yes. a good mentor, a good Catholic mentor, a good friend or a good set of friends, people that you can talk to, people who will listen to you and talk back. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone needs spiritual direction. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone needs counseling, but everyone does need to have someone who loves them, who hears them who can give them some feedback, and friends can do that for you, mentors can do that for you, but there are varying degrees of, of what's needed for each person. So I think finding that, determining that, I, I have known some people who thought they needed spiritual direction, but they actually needed just someone to mentor them. That's right. Yeah, no, that, that's, that happens a lot, is, you know, you, you find out that, I know there have been a couple of people that I've met with over the years, right, who they'll say they want to have a spiritual director. I say, okay, well, what brings you here? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they'll start telling me a little bit about it, and I'll say, okay, well, let's let's work through that. You know, whatever. So now I already know. I'm like, okay, this is pastoral care. This is not spiritual direction. Yeah. And let's see if they come back next time. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and then and also, do you want to meet again? And then they'll say, well, no. I, you know, I think you solved it. I think yeah. I, th- I think we're good. You know, thank you. You know, yeah. or they'll say, yeah, you know, I really want to work on on this part of my prayer life. I'm like, aha. They probably, you know, they they probably could use something a little more formal, right. and sometimes it's somewhere in the middle, you know, where mm-hmm. you'll say, well, okay, well, if you if you just want someone who's going to teach you how to do the rosary, we could do that in a given <laughs> afternoon, sure. you know. <laughs> now you're a, a, a candidate for a permanent diaconate, so correct. by canon law, you have to have a spiritual director, correct? correct? And and as a spiritual director, I have to have a spiritual director. Oh, okay. You know, every spiritual director, yeah, you, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, you're talking to people about their stuff that brings up stuff in you, right? You know, and so sure. you have to kind of address that as well. Um, that happens more often than not. You know, you're absorb- you know I, I tend to, abs- as you know well, I tend to absorb people's feelings. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if we're in a, a situation where we're talking to someone about really serious and they'll start to cry, I probably will start right, to cry you're right after right them. now. Don't do right, that. exactly. Like, just I thinking mean, about can. it I'm, makes I'm, me do that. Express your feelings openly. Well, really thank like, you. I okay. appreciate that. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to drink my coffee. <laughs> just going to drink your coffee. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's the kind of thing. So with directions, the same thing is you know someone's telling you about something heavy, it might bring up something heavy in you, or it could right. remind you of something. You know, and, and therapists talk about this. You know, transference is the other mm-hmm. thing. You know, is is that you start to transfer those feelings to yourself, and so you need to go and talk to someone about that. Yeah, um, yeah you know, and, and a lot of people have both. You know, a lot of people have a a, a counselor, whether that's a, a Catholic counselor or a secular mm-hmm. counselor that they talk to because they have issues. And then they'll have a spiritual director as well that will help them work on their spiritual life. Yeah. So that's I, all good. I wonder, too, and we, I wasn't planning to talk about this, but, like, the increase mm. of laity, of, of just spiritual direction, counseling, therapy in general, um, that is, we are in a therapeutic age. Sure. And I, I have thought before about 
like the importance of the sacrament of confession, which is a different thing. Another that is thing. not counseling. It's not spiritual direction, although you can get some counsel and spiritual direction in there. It's just so important for us to be able to talk and be heard and work through our stuff. Now, we all should go to confession because you get your sins forgiven there. But also the need for friends and the need for family and to be able to if, – if, if your family doesn't get together for meals or if you're yeah. not able to talk to people regularly, you need someone to talk to. We all need that. And more and more, even with the advent of social media and all the connectivity online, you need to be able to share your true self and not just like pretty pictures of your handsome <laughs> pictures when you're looking great. But like who sees you when you're down? Who sees you when you're struggling? All that stuff's very important. Yeah, we're more and more isolated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the pandemic probably made that even worse, right? Yeah. We're even more isolated than we were before. Right. And so people do need someone to talk to, right? Yeah. Know, they need someone to bounce things off of. So that's more and more true. It's What's cool is it's so great to be Catholic because so much of this stuff is built into our tradition, spiritual direction, confession, even like counseling to some degree. I know like professional, you know, modern counseling sure. is newer, but – being able to receive counsel, like Our Lady of Good Counsel, being mm, able to talk nice. to someone who can who can advise you. And uh, even think of St. Augustine being able to go to talk to St. Ambrose and, um, you know, Benedict talking to Scholastica and Francis and Claire, like having good friends, people you can talk things out with, how important that is in the spiritual life. You can't go at it alone. And, and you need to share your life with someone. Yeah. And you need to have other people share their life with you. So. Right, yeah. A couple of quickies, too, like uh, in terms of people who need counseling, right? If you need counseling, go get it, right? True. That's the first yes, thing. Yes, yes. But don't um, be embarrassed. The other thing is that there may be counselors who are hostile to religion. Yeah. Right? And avoid so you, them. Yeah, so you need to avoid them. You need to find out who's not going to be hostile to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of who you are. Mm-hmm. If, that's, if that's part of who you are and you want to share those things, you should be able to do that with a counselor who won't denigrate right. what that is. That's right. And even if you have, you know, unhealthy tendencies, right? You know, you, you might be overly scrupulous or something yeah. along those lines. A counselor should point that out, but not right. necessarily blame your religion for it. Right. You know, so, well, no, right. you're, this, is, this is not your religion. You know, your religion's right. not telling you to be scrupulous. Right. It's telling you to do this. Work your way through it. Plenty of counselors I know will send people to confession. Yes. Right? And they'll say, no, no, no. You need to have that sin forgiven. Go to confession, mm-hmm. and then you'll feel better about yourself. Yeah. This is part of your tradition, and so, yeah, use use the gifts and the tools yeah. that are present there. That's and, right. and you mentioned this before, you know, counsel, uh, confession is not counseling. Right. Right? You, you ne- I don't want to say you shouldn't be in confession for half an hour. Well, if you need to talk to but, a priest about something and go to confession, that's when you would make a separate appointment. Right. But if Saturday afternoon— Go in and confess your sins as best you can according to your conscience and a good examination. But, yeah, you don't want to take – it shouldn't turn into a counseling or spiritual direction right. session. Now, I would say on re- retreat is different. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, retreats, teen, young adult retreats, that may be the only time. And, and, and right. usually you get a bunch of priests there, so you can talk a little bit more. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's prudence. Like right. figuring out the right thing to do in the right way at the right time with the right people for the right reason. So we need prudence. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the confession line at the cathedral, and there's someone who's just in there for half an hour, and I'm like, man. Maybe they needed it. <laughs> Maybe they Maybe needed, they needed it. it. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll be patient. Yes. I was like, I'll be patient. They probably needed to be in there today. Yeah. Um, but my, you know, my spidey sense sort of tingles and says, that person may need something else. Yeah. And that's why on most parish bulletins, we'll say confessions are at this time or by appointment anytime. So call the priest, set up an appointment. You need to talk a little longer. That's okay. Exactly. Good. Good. All right. Uh, 
church search this week, you've been out in Madison. Yes. So Immaculate Conception mm-hmm. Parish in Madison is it has some pretty cool um, trivia facts about it. Mm. Uh, one, it's the most northern parish in our whole diocese. Oh. So if you look at the Lake Erie uh, coastline, you'll notice that it goes up the further you go east, like toward Erie and Buffalo. Uh-huh. And so the farthest parish east, I think, and north, <coughs> excuse me, I'm overcoming this cold, is Immaculate Conception, Madison. However, there is another parish on 528, but south in Parkman, St. Lucie or St. Edward? They're both it's around there. Yeah. Um, but they're both on 528. I don't know which one's more east, but I know certainly that Immaculate Conception is more north, and the next parish north is in Canada. <laughs> cool fact. That's very cool. Parish is also 131 years old, I believe. Wow. Almost as old as the diocese. The yeah. church is maybe was built in the 50s, the new church. Um, it seats probably about 300. Mm-hmm. We've been doing a good job um, filling the, the, the parish um, for the, par- the parish mission each night. Um, people are kind, friendly. Father Kevin Esterbrook was ordained out of there maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. Father Chris Stein was just ordained out of there last year. Father uh, Sean Donnelly is the pastor, former military chaplain, really good guy, very kind. They have three deacons there. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So great parish to visit. And the last night of the mission is tonight. If you're bored, come on out. It's about a 45-minute drive from downtown Cleveland. I know it because I've done it the last three days in a row. <laughs> Pray my rosary, listen to Spotify. There you go. Yeah. Listen to this year podcast. Listen to this. I will. I will listen to the podcast today on the way out. I could probably listen to it three times. So. <laughs> that's right. Or six on the way back. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And then uh, our readings for this week. For the first reading this coming week is my favorite reading of all time. It's Abraham and Isaac. Oh, yeah. Which I, I just love. I just covered that when I taught uh, Soren Kierkegaard because mm. he writes a whole book on fear and trembling. Oh, and he, right. he sees Abraham as this great knight of faith a guy who just listens to God and takes this leap, even though it doesn't make sense, he doesn't have any reason to do it other than he's trusting God and taking the yeah. leap. So, yeah, Abraham's awesome. Yeah, you know, the thing that I always like to point out in that reading is that, you know, remember, Abraham was promised that Isaac would be the heir. You know, your mm-hmm. descendants shall spring from this person, you know, more than the sands of the seashore. Right. And so if God tells him to go and take him and, and slaughter him, well, God must be going to save him because he said that he'll be the one who, who makes my descendants mm-hmm. you know, more than the sands of the seashore, mm-hmm. so I can trust God. Yeah, and the typography that's present in that story is great, too, because Abraham is asked to give up his uh-huh. only son who he loves, and it takes three days to walk to the is Moriah, Moriah is the is mountain, correct, yes. and he's got the wood on his back for mm-hmm. the altar. So here in the New Testament, we have the son with wood on his back who's going up for sacrifice. And although Abraham was told, you don't have to sacrifice your son, God the Father freely chooses to sacrifice his son so that we can all live. And um, it's beautiful. There's actually a a few parishes have that stained glass window in their sanctuary to remind us of the connection between the Old and New Mm -hmm. Testament and what the Father is willing to do for us, you know. I did a dramatic presentation of this reading one time for for something. I forget what it was Mm -hmm. in Buffalo. And there's this scene in it that sometimes it gets omitted in the um, in the daily re- in the daily readings of this word. Um, Isaac looks at Abraham and says, "You know, Father, here's here's the wood and the here's knife the knife and, and, the and the fire, all yeah. this stuff, but where's the lamb? You know." 
and you know, we add stuff into the dramatic presentation all the time. And I and I looked at the audience as like if Abraham's talking to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Smart boy, mm. he gets that from his mother." Uh, <laughs> he always gets a laugh. Because yeah, um, it's God will provide. God right? will provide. God yeah. will provide. God okay. Himself will provide the yeah. lamb for the Holocaust. Um, yeah, it's one of the, one of the you know, most dramatic scenes in all of Scripture, I think. So, Abraham and Isaac this weekend. Love it. And get yourself a spiritual director. Um, if you're looking for one, you can feel free to contact us. We'll try to find you. If you have a question of faith, of course, you could email that to me, mhays at dioceseofcleveland.com. A couple of you have done this. This is one of them. So thanks for your questions. Keep it up. Rate and review our podcast, if you would, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We always appreciate that. And it does help people find our podcast as well. Yes. And before we conclude... I don't want to give you any more work, Mike, but it That's makes okay. me think that you should make a like a survey that mm. says, do I need a spiritual director? And depending on how you answer, yes, I do, oh, that's a good or idea. I need a counselor, or I need a mentor, or I just need more friends. That would be a cool little uh, ev- evaluative tool to help people out. That would be very helpful, as we do get a lot of requests from people, and often you know, I struggle to try to find people spiritual directors for people. I often say, you know, a spiritual director, you know, I, I really can't relate to the situation, but my friend uh, Rachel told me this, that finding a good spiritual director is like finding a good hairdresser. Or a good barber. Yeah, or a good well, barber. You, uh, I, again, yeah, I can't right. relate to that either. But, um, you know, some, some people are really good barbers, but they shouldn't do your hair. Mm-hmm. You know, or a good hairdresser they shouldn't yeah, do your hair. you want hair. a good fit. You want That's a good fit. Sure. So interview a few folks. So find a spiritual director. We'll try to help you do that if you need help. And we'll have this and a whole lot more next time here on Question of Faith.